Welcome back. We are going to turn our attention to Chatham for the rest of the programme. Um, I'm delighted to say that Don McLean has joined us on the line. Don, how are you? Very good, thanks, Marie. Yeah, very good. And Ruby, you're still there? I'm still here, Marie. That's great. Um, great. So we're going to just get into it and we're going to go day by day. Alan is a big racing fan as well, so he's going to help me along the way. And we're just going to go through the, the big races of the day. We may as well just start with Monday Ruby and the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Um, I know that you've been a, a fan of Fasal Vega. Are you still a fan of Fasal Vega? I am, Marie. Yeah, look, Tuesday at Cheltenham, it's an incredible day. Fasal Vega was brilliant there last year in the bumper. Obviously, he blew out of the Dublin Racing Festival and Look, he went too fast from the third hurdle to the fourth hurdle along with high definition. But look, that's a big blowout to overcome. Um, but his work has been really good since. I think he's the best horse in the race. Would I be mad keen to to back him? I'm not so sure. But could I see myself backing anything else? No, I couldn't because I, I do think he's the one you'd want to be on. For value, I think high definition could be a bit of value in the race. And you've got Eli Tetomp as well. But look, I've watched Vassal Viga in... Willie Mullins is since the Dublin Racing Festival and I still think he's a very, very good horse. You always say, Ruby, though, that in this race you don't have to be the fastest horse in the Supreme. It's more um, important that you're the strongest stayer. Yeah, I think it is and I think that's what plays in Facile Vega's uh, favour over probably some a horse like Marine National who, for Barry Connell, is a very good horse. Michael O'Sullivan will ride him. I think Marine National could be the fastest horse in the race, but as you said, the Supreme with every jockey revved up, all the excitement on, it's usually a race that's running a frantic tempo and stamina comes into it. Is that because it's the first race and everyone's excited? Yeah, it's the build-up, it's the pressure. I mean, you're talking about a, an arena like Cheltenham, jam-packed, 70,000 people, you know, tension, pressure. So it's like the start of any kind of a, like the start of a match, Marie. Everyone <laughs> starts too fast and then has to slow down. Supreme can be the same. Don? Yeah, look, Ruby, on, on Fasil Vega, he's a, uh, obviously a top-class horse. That was his first defeat the last time, and there was an excuse afterwards. So that was kind of good in a way, then the excuse came to light. But I do like Marine Nacional. I think what he did in the Royal Bond Hurdle, when things went against him, he didn't really have the run of the race. He could shuffle back at a crucial point, but he, he made his ground nicely. He made a mistake at the final fight as well. The ground was probably too soft for him, and he did well to win. He hasn't run since then, and that's not a positive in the context of a Supreme Novices Hurdle, but that was always the plan. Barry Connell always said after that race, the Royal Bond would go straight to the Supreme, and he had been busy before that. So I, I don't think that's, that's, that's as big a negative as it would have been if it wasn't the plan. So, yeah, look, it's, it's an unknown. He's never been beaten, but he's going to have to step forward again, but I think he could. Okay, let's move on then to the, uh, the Arkle Ruby. Um, John Bond is getting a lot of attention, does well under pressure, jumping seems to be key, but what about El Fabio? Yeah, look, El Fabiolo was brilliant, Marie, at the Dublin Racing Festival, and this race will be quite similar to that. You'll have Dysart Dynamo as well. Um, it's obviously a little bit shorter than Leperstown. Leperstown is two miles and one furlong, whereas the Arkell at Cheltenham is kind of one mile, seven furlongs and 199 yards to be exact, but this will be fast. I mean, the ground is forecast to be on the goodish side, so look, these will be topping 30, 32 or 3 miles an hour down over the first four fences. There'll be no margin for error. Um, it'll be a great race to watch. If El Fabiolo, if his jumping holds up, I think he'll win. Um, I think he was unlucky not to beat John Bond last year as a novice at entry when he had less experience than John Bond had, so look, El, El Fabiolo's a really good horse, but I think when the three of them go at it and no no one is going to want to back off Paul Townend, Darryl J- uh, not Darryl Jacob, Aidan Coleman or Danny Mullins, they're going to go at it and one of those is going to fade and I think that probably gives St. Sam an each way a chance picking up prize money but uh, he's 8-1 but I do think El Fabiolo is the best 
Okay, Ruby, I'm actually going to just uh, hang up on you for a little while and I'll come back to you in a minute. Your line isn't great. Uh, Don, we're talking about the Arkle and um, I, I guess it, uh, listening to Ruby there and it seems like there's three horses that could take it, Alpha, Biolo, John Bon and Dyser Dynamo. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a race, Marie, as Ruby says there. Like Dyser Dynamo, he only knows one way. He goes forward, he goes fast and that's going to set the pace in the race. As, as he did at Leopardstown in the Irish Arkle, Alpha Biolo won that race he made a pretty bad mistake at the fourth or last fence of Fabiola that day and his jumping hadn't been great in the at, at Ferrius the time before that but he has a serious engine and what was significant about him I thought at Ferrius was that whenever he made a mistake he was straight back on and jumped the next fence well So, and, and his jumping was better at Leopardstown than it was at Ferrius it was only his second chase the last day so his third chase there's every chance his jumping will improve again and I fully agree with Ruby on the entry race Like he made a pretty bad mistake at the final flight that day and he only went down by a neck to John Bond John Bon is a very good horse. He's well related, but he, he wasn't very impressed in winning the Kingmaker Chase at Warwick last time. Now look, it's different. Nicky Anderson will have him primed for Cheltenham, but he still has to step forward from that. And look, there wasn't much between them as, as novice hurdles, but it was only Fabi- El Fabio's second race over hurdles at entry. He made that mistake, and what he did at Leopardstown then he, he came clear of his field in the Irish Arkle. He was strong at the finish, and yeah, I, I think he should be clear favourite for this. Ruby in the Champion Hurdle is it Constitution Hill all the way? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He looks. Why? Why? He looks so solid. That? Like, is it? What is it? <sighs> what is it? I, it's a bit like. Uh, uh, what, what other terminology do you or who do you compare him to? David Radisha. He's just that much better than the rest of the opposition, and he's that straightforward. Radisha could make all and win the Olympics, so he wasn't relying on getting caught in traffic or getting bumped or knocked over by anybody. Constitution Hill is the same now. Obviously, has to jump eight hurdles, but um, he's the best horse. Um, Don, what about Statement? Is uh, has he any chance? Look, Statement's a very good horse, Marie. I think he's just unlucky to be born into the era of Constitution Hill. Like he, he won the the county hurdle last year. He's been very good this season. I think he's got better as he's gone along. Todd Paul Town was very good enough at Leopardstown. He set a nice steady pace in front for himself, and he quickened. He beat Honeysuckle by five lengths that day, and he's improving. So he's, you know, he'd be a, he'd be a worthy champion hurdle favourite in a normal year, but it's not a normal year. Constitution Hill, like just what he's been doing, is phenomenal. He was, his, his time in the Supreme Novices hurdle was nearly six seconds faster than. Honeysuckle was in the champion hurdle. He's won his five hurdle races by an aggregate of 77 lengths. And, he's, you know, Ruby was saying that you can do anything with him. He, can, he travels. You can put him anywhere you like in a race. His temperament seems to be rock solid. And, yeah, he's just he looks pretty bomb-proof from whatever angle you look at, Marie. It, it just looks like it, it's going to be very, very difficult to see Constitution Hill getting beaten. Al, you're a fan of Constitution Hill? Yeah, well, sure. Look, I think everyone is, to be fair. But I'm interested, uh, obviously, Ruby and, and Don know a lot more about, about it than me, and especially Ruby with Stateman and Willie Stable. But I wonder, is he even capable of taking him off the bridle? Do you think he'll win, as Don mentioned there, about the lengths that he's won so far and beating really good horses? Um, do you think it'll be something similar, or do you think we'll even get a race? Don, what do you reckon? Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it goes tactically, Alan, but like... Like it's very fine, hard to find a flaw in Constitution Hill. No matter how you like, if you try and do him for pace, he's got pace. Trying to do him for stamina, he's got stamina. Trying to do him for jumping, he jumps well. Temperament is is is, is there. So it's it's very difficult to you know. I'm sure Ruby knows more about this than me. But when you're taking on a, a big rival like that, you look for flaws, you look for weaknesses in their armory. And for Constitution Hill, it's just very very difficult to find them. It's uh, it's funny, you know, because well, I just think like you're speaking there about the temperament on in terms of the fact that. If he was taken off the bridle, you you've no doubts if he was that we'd still see a reaction from him. 
Oh yeah, sure. Quick and so he came seventeen lengths clear of Epitans in the Christmas hurdle mm-hmm. at Kempton the last day, and in the fight, actually going into the fighting fifth hurdle, his first run this season. I was kind of interested in to see how he'd go because, like all his runs last year, obviously, obviously he was in novice company. He was taken on Epitant in the in the fighting fifth hurdle at Newbury, and it didn't matter. He just mm-hmm. blew them out of the way. He's just yeah, he's just a, a monstrous performer. So let's move on then to the Mare's Hurdle and I guess from a, an Irish interest um, when it comes to, to Honeysuckle and Rachel and all that, Don, is there any hope? Oh, big hope, I'd say, Marie. Yeah, big, big hope. Um, no, look, she's, she's, she's an unbelievable Mare, as we know. She's won, she won 16 on the bounce. She's won two champion hurdles. And yeah, like she just she was beaten this year in the Hatton's Grace and then beaten by Stateman last time in the, the Irish champion hurdle. But she's still a very very good horse like she's she's got a rating of 160 and look she's taken on Epitant that, so you've got the, the last three champion hurdlers running in the mare's hurdle so look it'll be brilliant to see her going and do it um, and like she, she loves Sheldon I think the step back up to two and a half miles would suit her maybe just as she's she's a nine year old now and maybe the step back up to two and a half miles and remember she won this race a couple of years ago before she started winning a champion hurdle so she's got you know she's proven at Cheltenham but uh, at the result you'd love to see you'd love to see her going and, 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 and signing off with the win in a merit hurdle Don just for a horse that's so used to winning then when you go in and obviously I think it's fair to say Honeysuckle has regressed this year from the high standards that she set but does that affect the horse's temperament then if all of a sudden you, you like take a dent to your confidence that you've lost two or three yeah like maybe like they talk about horses confidence and you know the, it goes the other way around a horse has kind of been a bit of an early horse gets their win on the board and suddenly they start going on a roll and they start improving for that so yeah like mentally I'm not sure about the, the, the psychology of it from a horse's perspective but it, you know it, it can't be a positive when she's so used to winning but you know she she like the ratings say she has regressed on but just a wee bit she's down to a mark of 160 now for a mark of 165 so the handicapper thinks she's five pounds inferior to the horse she was last year but 160 is still a very very high mark Ruby just on Honeysuckle there and how much hope that you would give her heading into this what do you reckon? Yeah Don thinks she's 160 or running somewhere close to or in or around that I'm not so sure she run quite mark this year I think she's without doubt the result everybody that will be watching Cheltenham will want to see you'll want to see Honeysuckle mm-hmm. win um, and she will be a massive winner but I'm afraid whilst I was her biggest fan for so long sport is not always doesn't deliver the fairy tales that you always want and um, Ah Ruby no I know There's no room in sport for sentimentality (laughs) This is business That's that's basically it Now we are going to be talking to Rachel Blackmore very shortly Are you going to say that Hopefully she's not Hopefully she's not listening (laughs) Um, But uh, Yeah look I I don't I don't think she ran to anywhere near her 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 official rating of 165 I think she's ran to about 154 55 this year Don and um, I could see a couple of horses in here running past that Okay, let's move on uh, because we do have a lot to get through and move on to uh, day two, Ruby, and the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Is this one of these ones where it's a big Ireland versus England? It is. It's obviously um, Impere Pa versus Hermes Allen, but I think this will be Ireland, Marie. Um, I'm a massive fan of Impere Pa. He's a horse of Willie Mullins. He's won at Nace. He's won at Punchestown. I think he's been very good, and I think Willie has great backup in Cham Kiley to go with it. So um, I think they'll both beat... Hermes Allen, Don, what do you think of that shallow uh, hurdle form? Yeah, I, I, look, the shallow hurdle form, Ruby, you, you can argue that it's worked out okay, but the shallow hurdle and the Ballymore, like, it, it's amazing the record that shallow hurdle horses have in the Ballymore. You'd think it would be a follow-on because it's two and a half miles at Newbury, 
two and a half months before the, the Ballymore over a similar trip. You'd think there'd be a good correlation between the two. But the, la- the 20, 20 winners of the Challow Hurdle have tried to win the Ballymore and all 20 have failed. It's a remarkable stat. It seems to be that the, the, the Challow Hurdle, it's two and a half miles at Newbury at the end of December on soft ground usually. It seems to be a stamina horse that wins it and horses who've won the Challow Hurdle have gone on to be kind of staying horses. Actually, with you lineman who won the Challow Hurdle. He won the Albert Bartlett Hurdle over three miles at the Challow Festival. Even Denman couldn't win the the, um, the the Ballymore after winning the Challow. So it's it's got a, it has a, a really poor record. Like Hermes Allen's a very good horse, but no, I fully agree with Ruby on Empire Pass. He seems to be just, a, there seems to, to be a, a real confidence behind him from the Willie Mullins yard. And he won the Moscow Flyer Hurdle, and normally the Moscow Flyer Hurdle winner goes on to the Supreme Novice Hurdle. They're both over two miles, but Empire Pass won his maiden over two miles and three. So he's got that stamina in the, in the in the bag as well, and obviously Willie's got Fasil Vega and others for the Supreme Novice Hurdle. So, uh, yeah, I, I like I think Hermes Allen would probably get done for pace here, and I I actually think that Sam Kiley could be the value of the race. I think he's he's just been a wee bit overlooked in in the face of kind of the the billing of it as a match between Empire Pass and Hermes Allen. Ruby in the Browns advisory novices chase Jerry Colomb, the real whacker Sir Gerhard, all unbeaten over fences. Is it between those three? I think it is Murray and I would be a Jerry Callum fan I think he was very good at Limerick Christmas he was good in the Silly Isles uh, Jordan Gainford rides him yeah I think he's the one I don't think Sir Gerhard has the experience he might be the best horse but only having had one run over fences it has to be a massive negative for me Don? Yeah Jerry like what he did at Sandown in the Silly Isles chase before that I, I kind of thought he was vulnerable at Sandown but it was good to soft ground at Sandown over two and a half miles and he battled on well to beat a good horse of Nicky Henderson's Balco Coastal who apparently goes for the Turners a grade one race so for him to do that I just thought we saw an, an, an element or a, 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 a trace of Jerry Collins that day that we hadn't seen before he's kind of known as a soft ground kind of galloping horse so the step up to three miles that should suit him and yeah I think he's the right favourite Ruby, the Queen Mother Champion Chase, um, so many uh, big names here, Blue Lord, Edward Stone, Energamine. How difficult is this one to call? I think it is, and look, I suppose at times, look, I am in the Willie Mullins camp, but I have to try and take those glasses off and try and see the races as to what's going to win these days, Marie. Um, and unfortunately, I'm probably not with Energamine. I'm with Edward Stone. I didn't think I would be leaving Cheltenham this time last year. I thought Edward Stone as an eight-year-old winning the Arkle couldn't be any better as a nine-year-old. But I actually think he is a better horse this year. I thought he was better at Kemp at Sandown in the Tingle Creek. He obviously unseated rider at Kempton and he was the unlucky one in the Clarence House at Cheltenham at the end of January. And I think Tom Cannon will change tactics marginally on him. And I think that'll make the difference and Edward Stone will be the winner. Don, that's an interesting take from Ruby, especially um, with the Energamina and Willie Mullins connection. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think um, Energamine will be a big player if the rains come and it comes up soft. I think, like, he, he did win at points of sound and good to yielding ground last April, but I think he's a better horse on softer ground. If the rains come, that will bring him into it. But, yeah, like, you know, he won the championship chase last season, but the championship chase didn't take as much winning last season as it looked like it was going to before the race. And after getting beaten at, at Cheltenham, I think he's going to have to step forward again. He has to leave that before and behind him. I actually think that Willie Mullins, other horse gentleman, Demay, is a bit of a player here at a little bit of a price. He's a spring horse. He's not proven on an undulating track. His good form is at Leopardstown last time when he was very good in beating Blue Lord and at Aintree last season when he beat Edwardston and the Maggle Chase. So if he can cope with the track, then as long as the ground doesn't get too soft, I think he, he could get into a rhythm in front. And I know Ed that the Jeep goes forward as well, but he didn't seem to mind when Dunvegan took him took him on in, in the Leopardstown race. So I just think Gentleman de May might be a wee bit overpriced. OK, um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, do stay with us, though, everybody. I will be back shortly. Rachel Blackmore to come. And, of course, Thursday and Friday. 
Welcome back. We are in the middle of our Cheltenham preview with Ruby, of course, and um, Don McLean is with us as well. And I am delighted to say that we have a very special guest today. Rachel Blackmore joins us. Rachel, how are things? Good, yeah, yeah, all good. Um, listening in here, uh, enjoying the preview. Oh, so you were listening, were you, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Come on, Ruby, step up. I heard everything. Good, well, that's what I think. That's what I think, Reg. And I probably have told you anyway. But um, yeah, I think Honey Suckle's on the way down. So I'm afraid you might be going to struggle on Tuesday. But what do you think? You have to fancy your yeah, well, as that. I, I, you have to have. Uh, if I didn't have immense confidence in Honey Suckle, there'd be probably something wrong with me. Uh, so yeah, look, we we couldn't be happy with her. Um, she seems really good at home. Like I don't feel riding her that she has any less of fight that she had before. Um, you know, she obviously just... Uh, there was a horse better than her the last day in Stateman. Um, but, you know, she still really battled in, in the feel I got offered to hold on to second. So, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting heading into next week and I, I'm glad she's heading over. I'm sure you are. Looking at the race, Rachel, though, there doesn't look to be a massive amount of pace or an out-and-out front-runner. Have you put any thought into how you might ride her? Yeah, like, obviously, I ride her a similar way a lot of the time, um, but, uh, yeah, like, that'll definitely be a consideration. Um, you know, the, the step-up and trip will, will help in that sense, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, look, we'll see. You've gotten very good at saying everything and saying nothing. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be wise for me to be giving away all my tactics right now at this point in time on national radio stations. How true, how true. Look, on Friday, the Poodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, a Plutar, he was so good last year and I thought leaving Cheltenham, if he comes back in one piece, he will win a second Gold Cup. The season hasn't gone his way. How has he been? Yeah, he's been... Obviously, as you say, things have not definitely gone uh, not to plan this year for him. But uh, he's really starting to come back to to the horse um, that we were hoping he would this time of year. David Roach wrote a bit of work on him last week, and uh, you know, different horses give you different signs that they're in good form, and and he was showing all those signs. So, yeah, look, you don't know until you get over there, I suppose. But uh, you know, now from what we're seeing at home, we're very happy with him. Very happy with him. Not that's a, that's a good sign. And plenty of people delighted to hear that. Rich, anything else in particular you might be looking forward to throughout the week? Yeah, look, it's a it's a very exciting week, obviously. And, and Henry's got some lovely horses going over. Um, he's got like Envoy Allen is going to run in the Ryanair. I think at the moment. Um, I think he he's definitely one that if if the ground stays on the drier side he's going to really enjoy that and uh you know he's he's definitely one i think that people might underestimate and um, he's a very talented horse um so he could be one and yeah look there's there's some in the pocket hidden valley lake there's some really nice horses going over um so yeah i don't want to like i could be listing them all off here but uh no look there's a lovely bunch and Rachel, then just away from being on the horse, do you have to deal with people like Ruby telling you what they think and what you should be doing and, and how they think it's going to go all the time and do you get sick of that? Oh, sure. You, you've been listening to that since uh, Saturday after the festival last year. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's what Cheltenham is, though. Like, it's it's such hype, there's such a build-up. Uh, 
you know, th- there's so many different, everyone has different opinions and th- that's just, that's just all part of it. And uh, there's so much anticipation, I suppose, going into next week. But yeah, like as a jockey, you're just trying to, you're just trying to, I suppose, not get too wrapped up in, in too much of that and, uh, you know, go out and ride, r- ride a, ride a race and, um, you know, the, the tactics beforehand can all change very quickly. And the more you do it, and, and Ruby, for you as well, like, you know, it's kind of like when you're playing All-Ireland Finals or going to the Olympic Games, does it get easier if you've done it, like, year after year? Mm, I don't know. For me, Rachel, the riding part probably got e- easier, but the uh, expectation upon you probably grew. So the build-up became less and less enjoyable. The riding was still fun, but the build-up became less enjoyable for me. What about you? Yeah, like th- th- this is not an enjoyable week at all. Um, you know, the you're at the stage now when you'd love if it was just Tuesday, whatever time, half one, and racing kicks off and and things start happening. You know, you're you're in it then. The ball has started rolling and you're you're on that train or whatever. But yeah, like it's when you're when there is a lot of expectation and and so on. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not enjoyable. But the at least the riding part is. I remember years ago going down to Kerry to interview Daryl O'Shea before the All Ireland final, and I said to him, "You know, are you enjoying what? Like, are you enjoying the build up?" And he said, "Yeah, except having to do things like this." <laughs> 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 and that was in, uh, and uh, that told me all that I need to know. Uh, Don McLean's on the line as well. Don, any questions for Rachel before we finish up? I should look. N- nothing I can say. Or like, or ask Rachel. She doesn't know already. Hasn't already planned. Um, <laughs> I like I I do think that honeysuckle is a bit. I think the the step up and trip. Like Richard, you mentioned the step up and trip there, um, and maybe it's to do with how the hell you think the race will be run. But do you think the step back up to two and a half miles will be a positive for? Yeah, look, it's it won't be it won't be a negative anyway. And uh, you know, w- with the ground, it looks like it's going to be on the drier side. Um, so it'll yeah, I think that'll that'll work in her favour if if the ground is going to be on the on the better side. Um, Ruby has another question go Ruby I haven't I was going to let you go Rachel but I'll just put it to you this way if she does win I will come and find you on Tuesday and apologise and maybe might come back and speak to Marina <laughs> no, there's no there's no need to apologise everyone 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 has their opinion but uh, yeah we'll, but, we'll but, see what happens but Rachel every time you get to say to Ruby I told you so it's a pretty sweet moment because he likes to say that himself a lot I never say I told you so <laughs> You love when people make mistakes and picking them up and don't say you don't because you do to me all the time. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. You've got a huge uh, week to come. We'll be following you and we're wishing you all the best and uh, can't wait to see how you get on. Talk to you soon, Rachel. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Um, Ruby, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what's worse. I'll have to talk to her again in the morning and she'll give me more sticks. So um, <laughs> I think we'll move swiftly on to Thursday, Marie. Yeah. Uh, that's it but we'll actually be able to clip that up for hopefully now when uh, she does win we'll see what happens uh, yeah let's move on to Thursday and Ruby let's start with the uh, Turner's Novices Chase um, and just on on this one um, we've been talking about appreciated quite a lot um, wasn't the best performance um, that we've seen at the Dublin Racing Festival how are you feeling about appreciated now? No it wasn't and he looked too slow um, Il Fabiolo just really put him in his place he couldn't keep up with Dysart Dynamo and he had nothing left to give at the end um, so he's again like Honeysuckle going up in trip they're both nine year olds they're getting older they're going up in trip to see if they can still compete but it doesn't always necessarily mean that you will and Mighty Potter has been Mighty Potter has been really impressive all season he didn't blow me away in Down Royal he was much better at Fairy House and he won the Drinmore and I thought he was very good at uh, Dublin Racing Festival Marie and 
yeah, I think he'll be he'll be a hard one to beat. I think Torres is a massive day for Davy Russell. Uh, looking on his rides throughout the week, obviously he'd have a great chance in the cross country on Wednesday. But I think Thursday is a big day for him, and that'll be the day that he will be hoping justifies his return to the saddle. Don. Yeah, like Mighty Potter, he he could be a superstar, Marie. He's he's just a lovely horse. Um, he's one of his, his three chases, as Ruby said, and he's probably got like when the Drinmore, he kind of made a bit of a mistake over the fourth last and the third last, but it didn't seem to phase him. He was just very good, and he he went to the line strongly. Um, this, this looks like a good trip for him. He could probably step out and trip maybe next season. He's got, but um, the one little worry maybe you have about Mighty Potter is his one run at Cheltenham. He pulled up. Now I know he wasn't right, and he didn't have the run of the race, and he made a mistake early. So you can allow him that. But just when you're talking about a short price horse back and in, at, at, at the track where he, he underperformed last time, that's just a little bit of a niggle in the back of your mind. And by contrast, Banbridge, he he was very good in winning the Martin Pipe Hurdle at the festival last year. He probably doesn't have the class that Mighty Potter has. But he's still a very, very good horse. He was 18 lengths behind him in the Drinmore chase, but that was on soft ground. On better ground, like Bambridge, he's a very, very good jumper of fences. He's a very accurate jumper for a novice. And I think the step back up to two and a half miles should suit him. So, you know, maybe he could be the one to put it up to Mighty Potter. Uh, the Ryanair chase, Ruby, can we look beyond Shishkin? No, Marie, so you can... If less down thinks there's an angle there, I think he can move no. on to the Paddy Powers there. <laughs> yeah, no, Shishkin, yeah, he's just, he's back over two and a half. As long as he put up the performance that he put up at Ascot last time, yeah, he, he'll take an awful lot of beating. Okay, let's move on then to the uh, Paddy Powers stairs. Um, Blazing Cal, the favourite here, Ruby? Yeah, he's had a bit of a setback during the, not during the week. He got a cut, Marie, when he won at Navin, and he's had an interrupted prep since then. Um, or that's that's what we, we, we're being told anyway. That's far from ideal. Um, you'd like things to be going much smoother. Look, I think a lot will depend on the weather here. I think if it, if the rainfall that is forecast for the middle of next week comes and it, it turns the ground in Cheltenham, it gives Tehupu a massive chance here for Gordon Elliott and Davy Russell. I think Tehupu is a much better horse than soft ground. If it rains, I'd really be on his side if it stays dry then I think the, a home by the league of Joseph O'Brien is a big runner I think he'll handle the drier ground whereas to Hoopoo will want it really testing um, Don Flooring Porter um, Gavin Cromwell was on uh, the radio on Sunday and he said that there was a little bit of um, a problem with preparations but things seem to be back on track now is it good timing or a bit late? Yeah, no, it seems to be back on track, Marie. He had that setback earlier on and it was a little bit of a worry whether or not he'd make it to the races, but it, it seems to be just that the vibes coming from Gavin Cromwell and the yard seem to be quite positive in that regard. So, look, hopefully he does make it because he's, he's won the last two and Danny Mullins was, was, has been superb on him on, on both occasions. Um, he just might not get the solo that he got last year. But that said, what's going to take him on? You know, if, uh, I can't see what's going to go forward and, and make him go faster than Danny Mullins wants to go. And that's a dangerous scenario for his rivals if Danny Mullins can get to dictate the pace again and Florian Porter. But yeah, I agree with Ruby and Tiepo. He's a, he's, a, he's a very good horse. All his best form is on soft ground. But Cordelli was saying that he, he didn't think that he really needed soft ground. He just needs a test of stamina. And maybe the soft ground is, is what he needs to bring his stamina into play. But this is a stamina race. It's over three miles. So maybe he'll get away with the ground even if it doesn't come up very soft I think Marie's Rock will be interesting if she goes here Nikki Henderson's mare she won the mare's hurdle last season she won the Relkeel hurdle last time at Cheltenham on New Year's Day and she does have the option of going for the mare's hurdle instead but the vibe seems to be that she's coming here and I, I think she could be a player in the race if she does go here uh, Ruby just in a, a word if you can the, the last race for uh, Thursday the Ryanair mare's uh, novices hurdle um, any thoughts? Yeah, look, look, she is your warm favourite, but I think uh, a lot of joy at an each-way price, Marie, would be my pick there. 
Okay, let's move on to Friday because it is arguably the biggest day for uh, many reasons. We're going to start though with the triumph hurdle, Ruby, and Willie seems to be dominating the market here. Yeah, he does. He has uh, the favourite in Blood Destiny, second favourite in Lossy Mouth, and the third favourite in Gallimar. So, look three really good horses Marie and they'll be really hard to split well I think Lossie Mouth and Blood Destiny are really really hard to split um, and I think whichever one Paul Townend rides will end up favoured and therefore make the other one a bit of value um, as crazy as that sounds I, I think they're very hard to, to split uh, Lossie Mouth is unlucky at the Dublin Racing Festival Blood Destiny has been very good they're impossible to split so for value I'd nearly be suggesting you back whichever one is the bigger <laughs> price on the day um, John let's move on to the Albert Bartlett and novices hurdle a very deep race we did hear Rachel mention Hidden Valley Lake there yeah I, I think Hidden Valley Lake is a big chance he was beaten last time by his stable companion but he, he probably didn't have the run of things there he had to make his own running he didn't jump that well the ground was very soft and that's a race that has been a really good pointer to the Albert Bartlett hurdle in the past. Manella um, Indo finished second behind Alaho and then Madonna won the Albert Bartlett. Monalee won that race and finished second in the Albert Bartlett hurdle. So Hidden Valley Lake, I think on better ground and not, not, not leading with a strong pace to aim at, then I think he could come into it because when he did a cork the time before that, his stamina really kicked in and he, he stayed on really strongly to win impressively. So if he can repeat that type of performance, then I think he's a player in the race. Corbett's cross has been favoured for this, but he won over two miles last time and just not certain if he's going to come here, but he's, he'd be a worthy favourite if he does go here. Ruby, the Gold Cup, is it galloping all the way? I hope it is, Marie, but I, I do think it's a really good race. I think you've got some classy horses. Look, Rachel was positive about Apolutar a few minutes ago. Paul Nichols has been very positive about Brave Man's game all week. And to be fair... I didn't think he was a Gold Cup horse till I watched him in the King George but the way he galloped down the straight in Kempton kind of put him in my mind as a Gold Cup horse if Paul Nichols fancies him if he does win he'll join Tom Draper as the winning most trainer in the Gold Cup he knows what it takes to win this win this race and he's he's shouting about Brave Man's game but I am in the galloping camp galloping the champ that is I think since he fell here last year he has, hasn't looked back um, I think that was probably the the lesson he needed to learn or is a better way of putting it but I think that, that falling over has improved him he's much more measured in his jump and he's much safer he's not as flamboyant as he was and I think he's a hell of a good racehorse um, yeah I, I would be keen on him Don Hi ah, yeah look he's, he's a really exciting horse galloping the champ and I thought the last day in the Irish Gold Cup he didn't travel impressively through the race but they didn't go a great pace and it was only when his stamina kicked in over the last that, that was the most impressive part of the race for me but he seems to be settling a lot better these this year than he was last season he's got good Cheltenham Festival form as well he would have won the Turners last year he won the Martin Pipe Hurdle so and he's a progressive horse he's only 7 he's the right age for a Gold Cup as well he's probably still improving so look he's a hugely exciting horse I, just, I think that maybe Conflated is the underrated horse in the race he's a little bit more exposed obviously but he won the the Irish Gold Cup last season he won the Savage Chase this season and I just don't think he's getting the credit that he should have got for winning those two races and I think if, there's, if there are flaws in Galloping de Champ then maybe Conflate would be the one to exploit them Ruby what about uh, the maybe the races that we didn't get to the bumpers yeah, look, I think first call fact the file of Willie Mullins is a big price each way, Marie in the bumper. Um he'd probably want a little drop of rain, but look, I think he's a big price. The favourite is a horse called a dream to share, or the second favourite of John Kiley's. I think a dream to share in fact the file they were first and second in Epperson. That's the best form. I'd expect one of the two of those to win. John? Yeah, I like a dream to share. I thought like what he did the last day at Leopardstown in a in a good race, a very good race. Like he he travelled through the race really well and he quickened up well and then maybe it's more stamina than pace will win a Cheltenham bumper but I just think he's a classy horse and yeah it'd be great for John Kiley to have a winner of a champion bumper 
Okay, guys, we got through everything. Thanks so much. Uh, Don, thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, learned a lot. Alan Cawley's been frantically taking down notes there for the last hour, so uh, he's going to have come a great week. Come on, Alan, give us a winner. <laughs> yeah, Al, come on, you should study this as well. Well, what fascinates me is, because I have a BME bonnet at the moment about fanboy pundits and Gary <laughs> Neville and Jamie Carragher acting like fans basically in a studio and they're there to be analysing matches and what amazes me Ruby is there's you in Willie Stable and I think it's brilliant that you're telling us about Edward Stone and you fancy him really strongly and I'd be with you Right There we go So that's um, my take yeah Right well I might even write down that myself uh, Don thank you uh, Ruby I thank agree. you so, so much and uh, tell Rachel we said thank you when you're talking to her tomorrow <laughs> and uh, hopefully Thanks. she will get a chance to say I told you so so that we can all say it as well um, Al thank you for coming in that is all we have time for Better De Silva's <laughs> 2FM